Heavenly Father, we come this day to worship together, to learn, to grow, to be guided by your spirit as we learn to, to live our lives for you in this world. Lord, we pray, be with us in all things that we can hear and learn and grow, and that we can live our lives each day walking by faith and trusting in you. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The tomb is empty. So what now? The disciples were wondering that. Jesus was gone. What do you do now? They thought that all things came to an end, that, that nothing was going to happen. And yet later we know that Jesus appears to them, and that even as he ascends into heaven, he reminds them of that, that great commission that we call it, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. It's a reminder to us that nothing's changed in terms of what we're all about. When Jesus was first beginning his ministry, he gathered his disciples and said the words, follow me. And in a sense, when he's ascending into heaven, he's... He's telling them the same thing. Follow me. It's the same words that he tells us today. Follow me. But we struggle with those words. We struggle with what we might call godly living. We're so enamored with the world at times that we fall into the traps and into the things of the world and we forget about following God. We see it in our Old Testament lesson today. All of these people in our Old Testament lesson, they can't wait to earn another prophet, to take advantage of another person, to somehow even cheat somebody at the scales or with the size of what they're buying. The things of the world, the lifestyles of the world, that's what we tend to focus on. Think about it this way. Most of us, I'm venturing to say we get up in the morning and we go through our morning routine and we find ourselves in the drive through at Starbucks and through all of it, we have yet to acknowledge God. I'm venturing to say that most of us don't pop out of bed going, good morning, Lord, it's another day. In fact, I'm guessing that a lot of us can go through a whole day and other than maybe the come Lord Jesus be our guest at a meal time, we never even think about prayer or about God. 
because we're enamored with and living in the world. And it might be not until Sunday, uh, Saturday evening where we go, oh yeah, there's church in the morning. And the first question we ask ourselves is, should I go? I wonder if pastor's going to have a boring sermon. Maybe I'll skip this week. We live our lives connected but disconnected from God. And so how do we live a godly life? Well, the very first step of that would be to focus on Jesus. Oh, Pastor, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, well, if it's so obvious, why don't we do it? I think the best way to focus on Jesus is to pray. Even Jesus himself prayed, and I think that this is a great picture for us to understand because a lot of people say, well, I don't need to pray. God already knows what I'm thinking. He knows what I want. He knows what's in my heart. Why do I have to pray? Jesus prayed. We see time and again in Scripture where he withdraws for a time to be by himself to talk to his Father. Probably the most famous prayer is the one that takes place in the garden on the evening he's betrayed. It's a passionate prayer. It's a prayer for his followers, for his disciples, for you, for me. So why does Jesus pray if his father already knows what he's going to say or what he's thinking or what he wants? He prays because his father wants to hear him pray. He prays because he wants his father to hear his prayer. He prays because it's a communication. And when we communicate... It touches us in a way that changes us. And we need to remember that that's what prayer is all about. We'll get to that in a minute. In our epistle lesson today, St. Paul is encouraging us to pray. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. By the way, he's being a little repetitive there because all of those things that he lists are the same thing. Supplication is prayer. Prayer is prayer. Intercession is prayer. Thanksgivings are prayer. And pray for all people. We stumble over that one a little bit sometimes. Lord, I don't want to pray for him. He doesn't even like me. What do you mean pray for that president? I didn't vote for him or her. Pray for all people. Which kind of leads us to the next thing. Another reason people will sometimes say, well, I, 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 pray, I, I don't even know what to pray for. Give me a break. 
All you gotta do is turn on the news, read a newspaper, listen to the radio, hear what people are saying. There's enough material in one half-hour news broadcast that you could pray for an hour or two or three or four. And we need to be aware of what's going on in the lives of people around us. See, sometimes we think prayer is just all about us. It's about what I want or it's all about me. That's a really narcissistic way of thinking about it. No, it's praying for all of the things that God lays before us in our lives. For all people, situations, needs. Then there's the other excuse. I don't have enough time to pray. Really? Martin Luther once said, it's going to be a busy day today. I better spend three more times, three as much, you know, three times as long in prayer. Why? Because God seems to put our day in order when we begin it in prayer. Not enough time to pray? I can tell you, I pray every time I drive in the streets of Albuquerque. <laughs> Prayers don't have to be long. Prayers can be short. They can be as short as Peter who's walking on the water and sinking and crying out, Lord, save me. They can be simple and compact and put together like the wonderful Lord's Prayer. They can be a little more lengthy, like the prayers that I sometimes pray on Sunday mornings. It doesn't matter how long or how short or how many words. The point is we're communicating with God. Paul encourages us to lift up holy hands in prayer. This is not touchdown. Do you know why we're encouraged to lift up hands in prayer? Because you're not hanging on to anything in this world you're reaching for God. And this is, as we know it today, the universal sign for surrender. We're giving it all to him. Everything. We lift it before him. And our prayers start with Christ and they end with Christ. Our prayers are centered on the one who went to the cross and who suffered and died for the forgiveness of our sins. It's Christ who opens up the way for God to hear every one of our prayers. We start them, dear Lord, and we end them with, in Jesus' name we pray. Because they're wrapped around the work that he did for us on the cross. They remind us of his salvation 
gifted to us. Prayer, you see, changes things. You know what the number one thing prayer changes is? Our own heart. As we begin to have those conversations with God on an ongoing basis, as we begin to increase the time every day that we spend in prayer, we begin to see that our own heart and our own attitudes and our own minds begin to change. We begin to let go of the cares and the concerns of this world and to leave them in the hands of an almighty God. We begin to understand there are simply things in this world that I cannot change or impact, but that I can serve my Lord by what he calls me to do. We begin to understand that it's not about the riches that the Pharisees seek after. It's not about the wealth of the world or the things of the world. It's all about a Lord and his kingdom for each of us. It's about my life not being my own, but rather belonging to him who died for it. It's about living my life in a way that I'm available to God to serve him. Prayer changes things, but the biggest thing it changes is my heart. And so I encourage you to be a people of prayer. Start little if you have to. But begin to wake up in the morning and to begin to shape your day with prayer. Don't be a people who pray only at meal times or only when you go to bed, but through the little times of the day. Lord, help me to see more clearly. Lord, help me to understand. Lord, give me wisdom in this decision. The little prayers and the big prayers. Lord, be with my friend Carl who just lost his wife Angie. Give him comfort and strength. Pray for the needs of others. Pray for the community in which we live, our culture and our world. Pray guided by the pages of scripture. I like to start with the Psalms, which remind me of how real David's relationship with God was and how real ours can be too as he shapes our lives by prayer. Turn to the Lord. That's what Jesus encourages us to do. And Jesus said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. He knows our hearts. May our hearts be focused on Jesus. May our lives live in testimony to him and what he has done. Lift up holy hands in prayer. Let God see that you surrender your life to him and that you are available to him and to the service of his kingdom. That's what it means to live a godly life. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>